0: At Christmas time, we often uh, hear Isaiah 9, for unto us a child is born. But there's part of that chapter that has captivated me over the last few weeks, which is it says, and the increase of his government and peace will never end. And I've read that, and you've probably read that hundreds and hundreds of times. But I was reading it a few weeks ago, and the Lord said to me, Where do you think that's happening? Oh, well, out there. You know, in heaven. Your government's going to increase and your peace is going to increase. He said, really? Where is it happening in you? What do you mean? It's in your heart. He said, are you letting my government increase in your heart? what does that mean? He said, every day, you have a choice which government you live under. Your government, where you decide what you're going to do, or my government. And depending on which government you choose, he's talking to me, is the measure of peace you will have. So that shocked me. I thought, oh, you know, sometimes, I don't know about you, I get so worked up about things. Silly things bug me. And then you wake up in the middle of the night and you think, oh, why didn't I say something then? What did they mean by that? And I lose my peace. Because I, I'm trying to run my life according to my government. And I'm trying to work out what's right and wrong. That person, what do they mean by that? So I'm making a judgment, aren't I? I'm governing what's happening around me and I'm letting that government rule me because that's what governments do. And as a result, the level of peace I get is dependent on which government is ruling my heart. And that's the challenge all of us have on earth as Christians. We're born again by the Spirit of God. We have the Spirit of God in us. I've been a Christian for over 40 years. So I have the Spirit of God in me So what's happening when this other stuff's going on? Well, over the last few months as well, I've had an exciting journey looking at where we get our information from and how it influences me and how it influences you in how we live our lives. And I was shocked. I mean, I've travelled in ministry, I'm known for being prophetic, but we can do an awful lot of stuff in the Spirit, and it is by the Spirit of God. But I was shocked when I started seeking the Lord about my heart, how much of the other stuff is going on. And the Lord said, the purpose, really, of everything we do with him is for the eyes of our heart to be opened to who he is and what he is doing in the moment. You know, I can stand here, you know, I I do this a lot, so, you know, I'll pray about what I'm going to speak about and I'll, I'll think about it and I've, you know, been meditating on it. So I'm focused, but when I go home on the train for four and a half hours, will I still be as focused on hearing what he's saying? Or am I thinking about what's going to happen? Who's done the washing when I get home? I've been away for a week. What, what will the house look like when I get home? <coughs> Believe me, I often think that. And in thinking that, I'm often... <coughs> Girding my loins, ready. <laughs> when I go through that door, what will I find? That's not living by the Spirit. That's living by my government deciding the law. You know, who says when I go in home that the other people who I live with, there's only one other person, actually it's not, my, my son and his family have moved in. Who says the way that I think things should be is the right way? Me but that's me governing controlling ruling and reigning now we have obviously we have to live and make decisions so what i'm going to share today i hope helps you as it helped me see what's going on because jesus all the time was bringing heaven into the culture into the context into the practical situation he was bringing heaven to earth. Now, people are writing books about heaven to earth, and some people are great intercessors, and they go to heaven. They go, I'm not one of those. But the reality is, heaven is on earth now. The government of God, which is always increasing, according to Isaiah 9, is doing that this morning. He's governed this morning. He's increased. Because you notice at the end, you just felt a presence of God. Now, obviously, he's always here, but we... Moved. He didn't move. He's always here. But we moved as a result of coming into his presence, as a result of worship. We moved our hearts so the eyes and ears of our hearts were open and so we, we're present to him, although he's always present to us. So, it's so Jesus broke into the culture and religion of his day, challenging and changing earth to align with heaven. And he does it through us. We are his eyes and ears today. How we live, how we allow his government to rule in our lives or our own, people are watching. And even if they're not watching, even if I allow the government of God to reign in my heart, home when I walk in that door, I'm not anticipating washing up in the sink. If I'm, I'm walking in saying, Lord, whatever is there, I will be at peace. You know, because we live like that, I'm ready. I was in Liverpool yesterday, speaking in a church which has a lot of homeless coming. It's a homeless church, and you know, I I get heckled. It's it's hilarious. You know, you just never know what's going to come out. You know, whether they agree with you or not, you'll know. (laughs) And I think it's fascinating. But I mustn't anticipate going to another place. And they will be the same. Because we make judgments all the time. This is, this is how people do stuff. This is how Liverpool people are. So I could make a judgment in my heart. I know how Liverpool people are. They heckle. So I could go to another church and they don't heckle. And I think, what's wrong with them? They're not behaving like they're meant to behave. Because we're making judgments all the time. We can't help it. We were born into a world where we had to survive. From when a child begins to make judgments uh, sense of the world around them they're making judgments about what's safe and what isn't safe where mummy is what they like to eat their environment is important to them so is our spiritual environment it says in romans 8:14 those who are led by the spirit of god are the sons of god and it also says in romans 8:22 all creation waits in eager anticipation even groaning for you and i to be revealed it actually says sons, but it means us. All creation's waiting for us to be revealed. So, what's the problem? There is a problem. It's in me. It's me having the government of God revealed in my heart that is revealed to the world. It's not about being holier than thou, it's about the holiness of God in my heart being revealed through me. Religion relies on the known. The sons walk by faith. And there's something in us, whether we're Christian or not, that makes religion out of how we do life. This is what we ought to do. So religion says this is, how, this is how you please God. You do this, you journal every morning, you pray for half an hour, and if you don't, if you don't have your quiet time, you feel bad. But God wants us to do it because we want to do it, not because we feel we ought to do it. No, it's better to do it than not. But if you're doing it under judgment, your own judgment, that's religion. If you're doing it out of joy to be in his presence, that's life. So, and I realize how much I, I waver between the two. And it's not dependent on my feelings, I found out, because my feelings can't be relied on. Genesis 2, God made man, and told the man not to eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. God made woman from man. And they were in complete unity. They were one flesh. Now we know that Jesus is coming back for a bride, which is one body. And we're one body, one spirit. And that was a, a picture with Adam and Eve, that they were one. They weren't separate from each other. We see pictures, you know, uh, paintings. You know, there, there's Adam and Eve in the garden and there Eve's over here talking to the serpent, with, with the, and then there's Adam over there. They weren't like that. They were one. They were completely together and present when that stuff was happening. They were in complete unity, and they were both naked, it said. Did you notice that? Do you ever read that? I never noticed that until recently. They were both naked in the garden, and they felt no shame. Isn't that fascinating? They didn't have to cover themselves. That must have been quite warm. but they were present before God with no covering needed they were exposed as who they were before God they were in the garden where there was all kinds of trees that were good for food and in the middle there was the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil both those trees had fruit God said not to eat from one tree because it had knowledge of good and evil But all the others were good food, including the tree of life. How we live today still depends on which tree we eat from. Which tree feeds us with information or knowledge? God said to eat the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil meant they would die. They didn't know what death was. Death didn't exist. There was no human death in creation at that time. Neither did they physically die after eating it. Genesis 3: the serpent told the woman she would not die as God had said, so they ate. So they believed something other than what God had said. And then it says something fascinating. And the eyes of both of them were open. (coughs) What eyes were open? They weren't blind before, they had open eyes before the fall, they ate the apple and their eyes were opened. Well, what happened was, the eyes of their heart, which was one with God, were closed, and the eyes were opened to knowledge of how to survive on earth separate from God. Because that tree was there because of someone, or a being, a beings who'd fallen. That tree represented knowledge other than from God. That tree represented knowledge of both good and evil, and that's the problem I have. It isn't just the knowledge of evil. It's the knowledge of good stuff. But both those knowledge are separate from relationship with God. And so that's my problem, and that's most of our problem. Eating that fruit was about knowledge of seeing things, the eyes of their heart. They were seeing things differently. Why would God put that tree in the garden anyway? Because Satan had already fallen to the earth and there was something other than goodness on the earth. Remember, God made the earth and he said it was good. And then Satan fell to, it says, the earth. It actually says, I think it's in Ezekiel, or was I, that he, he was a merchant. He was selling truth, or lies, his truth. So that tr- God had to be, say, honest. The reality was there was something evil on the earth. But the earth was created for man to rule, man and woman, and it was good. But there was something other than good, which is why God told them not to eat it. It wasn't like he's keeping something up his sleeve. Satan had a fallen perspective on what was good as well as what was evil. Because he was in the presence of God. He lived in the goodness of God. So he knew what good was, but when he was separate from God, he still had the knowledge of what good was, but it was separate from God. And that was what he was selling That was what eating of the tree meant. You're eating of knowledge of goodness that's separate from God. It's still good, but it's not God's goodness for you. No, it's good to be kind. But if you're not kind out of relationship with God, it doesn't have fruit. It's still better to be kind than not kind. kind. And that's my problem. I can eat of the tree of knowledge of what I think is good, but it's still my fallen perspective other than what God says is good. The tree of knowledge gave mankind freedom to choose to stay in relationship with God. God wasn't controlling man. He gave man and woman the option to stay in relationship with him. He didn't want a forced relationship. He wanted man and woman to have dominion over the earth, which was also inhabited by Satan. So the man and woman were naked and they felt no shame as they lived in the garden and they communed, they related to God. They needed no covering And there was perfect provision for everything they need. So when their eyes were opened, the eyes of knowledge, the eyes of their heart towards God were closed, they then saw themselves differently. They saw themselves separate from God, but also separate from one another. Because before they were one. They saw themselves in oneness before God, man and woman were one. And then separate from God, they're looking at each other and they're seeing each other by fallen knowledge and they didn't like what they see they suddenly saw they were naked and they were ashamed and so they hid and that's what we do don't we we might hide with our nice clothes or our makeup or our qualifications we've got or we say you know i'm so i'm so important I'm better than you. Something in us wants to compare all the time because they were looking at each other and seeing themselves differently. So they did the silliest thing you could ever do. They covered themselves allegedly, that might not be true, uh, with fig leaves, with leaves, but, you know, we say they're fig leaves. But fig leaves, actually, if you look at a fig leaf, underneath it's got all prickly bits. (laughs) So they really didn't pick the best leaves to cover themselves. It shows you how much knowledge was good was doing them. Oh, we need to cover ourselves up. We're naked now. Let's have a fig leaf. Oh, that hurt. Because you know what? When we cover ourselves with our fig leaves, they do hurt. they They don't serve the purpose. So after that, the Lord came walking in the garden, and they hid from him. God said, where are you? Adam said, I heard you, but I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And that's what we do. We hide behind our reputation, our job, how important we feel. We compare ourselves with other people, and we find ourselves wanting to have to try to be like that. The key aspect we're looking at today is the same as them, how we see things. Because Adam and Eve had to control the situation of separation from God by covering it up with fig leaves. We always try and control our situation. That's what it means to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Oh, I know what's good for me, I know what's bad for me. So we make our choices and our decisions on that. But our old man, our old nature when we're born again, still sees and hears in the way Adam and Eve did. We still eat from the wrong tree when we're not seeing and hearing what God says. But Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing. So much more should the church today. We should only do what we see the Father doing. Jesus modelled obedience in seeing and hearing right from the right tree, from the right source. Shame and guilt at not being right and not being good enough don't come from the tree of life. Shame does not come from the tree of life. Mm -hmm. Disappointment does not come from the tree of life. Fear does not come from the tree of life. So, if we've got those, and I've had lots of those, still got many, I know that I'm eating from the wrong tree. I'm getting my information on what is right and wrong about me and about other people. When we try and do good in our own strength, we think we're pleasing God, but we're still eating from the wrong tree. The only thing Jesus did was what he saw the father doing, not what he thought would be a good thing. If you remember Lazarus, Lazarus had died. Lazarus was his dear friend, and he was dead for three days before Jesus turned up. The pressure he must have been under as a man, because he was known for healing. And Lazarus' sisters you know, must have been, what's going on? I thought Jesus was our friend. I thought Jesus loved Lazarus. Lazarus, why isn't he turning up? Why isn't he doing the the thing he's doing for everybody else? He's doing it for strangers. He's healing them, and yet our brother is dead. What's going on? This is bizarre. And then he turns up too late. Three days after, when Lazarus was well dead and smelly. Because what was happening was, Jesus knew that the father wasn't doing healing. He was doing resurrection. So, if Jesus did what was right, was the obvious thing to do, well, I'm anointed for healing. Looks what's happening. It's amazing. So, so, I'll just go and heal Lazarus. That would be out of the will of God. Our minds wouldn't comprehend that, would they? Because we eat from the wrong tree. We decide what's right and wrong and do that. But we, every one of us in this room who's born again, has the Spirit of God in us, we can live from that tree. It is not hard. It's just knowing it's it's the right tree to eat from. A few weeks ago, I was in a meeting, and we we do lots of meetings, and it was going disastrously wrong. If you watch Strictly, it was a disaster. And I'm like, oh, Lord, get me out of here. This is awful. This This is all going wrong. They hate us. This is terrible. I'm never coming here again. Oh, I've decided that. Not the Lord. Never coming here again. Look at them. <gasps> look, this oh, oh look what's going on. That's really bad over there. And they look really miserable over there. So suddenly, from being in the spirit, which by the way I was when I came in, my mind is kicking in. And a bit like catchphrase, I'm telling myself what I'm seeing. Well, they're in a bad attitude. Something wrong over there. They don't like me. They don't like us. They're not getting it. Even to the point in my mind, because I'm so spiritual, in the flesh, in my mind, I'm like, well, Lord, I know what you say. When you leave, brush the dirt from your feet. (laughs) I'll do that. That's how we do it. I mean, I'm you, but that, that's what... We make decisions, don't we? We make judgments all the time. So I'm deciding what's going on in the room. But God, does, God looks at people's hearts. I'm looking at people's faces and making judgments. See, the tree of knowledge of good and evil is judgment. And we make judgments. We're judging. This is right. This isn't right. This is the way to dress. This isn't the way to dress. This is what you ought to be doing, but don't tell me what I ought to be doing. Yeah. judgment, judgment, knowledge of good and evil now the fact is we have to make judgments to survive on the earth we've got to get up in the morning, get dressed, have breakfast we're making judgments all the time but the key way we live our life should be okay Lord, I'm listening to you and you know what, whether you are prophetic or not the Bible's very, very clear we can all hear but the question is who are we listening to And I was shocked because I realized most of the time I'm listening to myself, which is eating from the tree of knowledge of what Chris Larkin thinks is right and wrong. And when I began to see that, I began to make the right, many right choices, not all the right choices. So now I'm aware, because the eyes of my heart have been opened to the way I was living my life. And now, not saying I don't do it all the time, but I can make choice, I can know now you know, it was at a meeting yesterday. People came up, come up, and they want prayer, and there are various people coming up, and I can make decisions on, you know, there's a lot of homeless, a lot of people that you can make a judgment and think, oh, dear, they're. And so before I'm praying, I'm making a judgment based on the way they're dressed or the way they smell. That's not right. I need to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying and say that. So it's about thank you, Lord, for opening my eyes to what I'm like. You're not judging me. You're not condemning me. You're just saying, don't eat from that tree. Don't make decisions based on what you think is happening. Make decisions on what I'm leading you to do. Maybe it's, it's not heal the sick. It's resurrection day for you. Maybe, you're, making a cho- Maybe you're, you're, you're worrying about a decision you have to make. And you're thinking, oh, what's right? What's the right thing to do? You know, just step back and say, you know what, I don't know. The best thing we and we can do is say, I do not know what is the best thing to do, but I know the one who does. And so I will ask him. And until he tells me, as far as it's practically possible, I will not make a decision. We don't like that. We want to we want to know. But you know, there's nothing wrong in stepping back and saying you know what I, I can't someone said to me once, you know what, Christine because my mind goes, I don't know, you I can like a, something happens to one of the kids, every possible scenario has gone through my head. In fact, my husband was ill; he nearly died a couple of years ago. <laughs> I don't know. Perhaps it's just me. I'd worked out if he dies and what the funeral will be like and how I'd live on my own. He wasn't even dead. <laughs> you know that, that <laughs> that's how I, I don't know. You that's how how we can live. We can like oh, right. I'm ready. Okay, Lord, I'm ready. Whatever happens. And the Lord healed him. Thank you, Jesus. It probably me's like, what is going on in my head? Because it's up here. We're meant to live from our heart because the eyes of our heart need to be opened and our head has to catch up with what the Spirit is revealing to our heart. I've lived nearly all of my life living from my head and occasionally in the Spirit from my heart. And so this has changed my life because I don't make judgments so much. So we now know that we can have a source of seeing and hearing from the tree of life, which is the word of God. And we've said this morning many, many times over. When we eat of the tree of life, God's spirit joins with our spirits to bring us alive in God. We never need to eat from that other tree again. We don't have to hide anymore. We don't need our fig leaves. We live in the glorious freedom of the sons of God. And when we live like that, we will be the sons of God revealed. When we're more and more I live my life from what he says rather than what I decide is a good thing to do. We were never meant to eat from the tree of fallenness. We don't need to do that today if we're born again. And if you're not born again, today is the day. You can eat from the other tree. So before there was humankind, there was fallen kind. Created beings who'd fallen from God, committed to the destruction of creation, especially mankind, You see, that's where the enemy gets us up here. I come from the east end of London and we have a phrase, does does my brain in? (laughs) Or if you're really cockney, does my nut in? (laughs) It does. Living from that tree does our mind in. Because our minds aren't meant to live separate from God, our minds are meant to be led by the Spirit of God. So we need a new lens. Seeing with the eyes of our heart. In Matthew thirteen, nine to sixteen, the disciples kept asking Jesus why he spoke in parables. Yes. He said, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom have been given to you, but to the others, and he quoted Isaiah and he says it again in Acts, though seeing they do not see, though hearing they do not understand. He was challenging the religious leaders in Rome when Paul accused them of not having hearts to hear. The religious can't hear God because they're hearing the rules. They can't hear God day by day. You know, God said once, do this, so now we're going to do it again. That's religion. You know, we had um, an amazing... The six of us travelling around. This sounds really weird, but hear my heart. We'd had a couple of not so... Fruitful meetings, you know, we don't live on 40,000 feet. We had a couple of meetings that we kind of were like, mm, I'm not sure we really did what we needed to do. Do you ever get that? And so um, we're kind of discussing it. And then we had another meeting. It was amazing. It was absolute. Everyone's coming out after us. Oh, that was great. You need to do this more. Of course, feed me, feed me. Feed my ego. So uh, we're having a, a discussion, the six of us afterwards. And I said... I know this is going to sound really weird, but I, and I, I didn't want the meeting not to go well. But really, do we want to make judgments about what we do based on whether it went well or not? Yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about? They're looking at me like I'm nuts. Yeah. Well, do you know what? If God wants us to do it, the issue isn't whether it went well or not. The issue is, did we do what God told us to do? Yeah. Yeah. Because maybe God's actually not telling us what he's doing. Maybe he's doing something else when it seemed to all go wrong to my eyes. You know, who knows what the Lord is doing? If I'm obedient, going well or not going well is a judgment in my flesh. If I'm obedient, whatever happens, okay, Lord, actually that's freedom. Because whether it goes right or it goes wrong is not my responsibility if I've been obedient. Yeah, It's okay to, to question you know, certain things, but at the end of the day... Obeying God is, is the issue. You know, I don't know about you, but this is setting me free. Yeah, right. So true revelation is when our eyes of our heart are open and that eyes of our heart transform our minds. It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, but it has to come from the heart because God works in the heart. God looks at the heart. It's all about the heart. It's not about the mind. The mind is about religion. The heart is about love. And love determines our mind. That's what it means to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We think, oh, I heard someone, Denise Jordan, she's uh, New Zealand, uh, I was with her in September, and she had this quote, which I really love. I hope I can remember it now. She said, The mind of Christ is how love thinks. Wow. The mind of Christ is how love thinks. I'm like, What? Love doesn't think? But God is love. So if I'm thinking like God, there's got to be love in there, not judgment. I liked it anyway. So true revelation is about our eyes of our heart being open. The problem of the tree of knowledge is it's, it actually looks good, it looked really good, and it tasted really good, but it brought death. It's always separate from God. And it's always from a human fallen perspective and not God's. And when we live a Christian life out of the tree of knowledge, I'm speaking to me now, but if it works for you, do you know what? It's not actually a Christian life. It's an Old Testament lifestyle of trying to please God. It's old covenant Christianity, self-effort. You know, If you read Romans, everything Paul was preaching was against self-effort. It was all about grace. Of course, the religious people didn't get it. I don't get it. You don't get it. We don't get grace. We can read about it. I've read Romans. I read the whole series of Romans. Martin Lloyd Jones. That much on my shelf. I've read every single book. I've made notes on it and I've taught from it. The problem is, I don't really believe it in the flesh. Because I can't understand it. The flesh cannot understand grace. Only the spirit of God can understand grace. Because grace is ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. Because the grace of God comes out of our heart. And transforms our minds to know that we are the glorious revelation of the sons of God. So I'm just going to pray for you and me. From Ephesians 1.17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the heart knowledge of him. In your heart. That the eyes of your heart and my heart will be open and will be led by the Spirit of God. Because that's who we are the sons and daughters of God.